This is Planted, a podcast that encourages us to be rooted and grounded in Jesus Christ and established in the faith. Today, Pastor Matt leads us through a discussion on the biblical principles to our prayer life. Are the prayers of all people heard in like manner? Let's find out. Good day, everybody. This is Pastor Matt Grimm. I'm here once again with Thad Keenel, and we are here with the Planted Podcast. How are you doing today, Thad? I'm doing good. It's good to be here. Yeah. How was your day? Uh, it was it was all right. You know, it's been a. We're talking about prayer today, and it's been one of those days where I have needed to pray a lot for motivation and strength and help <laughs> and just the ability to concentrate and but and I find myself um don't know is it being effective or isn't it right you know uh and I think I judge uh that sometimes in the wrong way you know right but but anyway uh you know it's just uh one of those days where I've just had a lot of um office type work you know too and so it just Keeping motivated and inspired and things, I, I I do better sometimes when I have interaction. Just like when I get to talk to you in the podcast, well, you know, I get good. I'm glad right? I can help. Yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good. Well, prayer is such a deep topic, and um, it's one of those things that I don't think that we really spend enough time contemplating. I mean, the Bible tells us to pray. Um, it's typically coming in the form uh, for most people in the thought of. Uh, a help me or a wish list type of thing. And, right. and really, I think prayer is more about um, how God can change the inner man than us trying to change the mind of God, which we can't do anyways, right? Right, yeah. So I think you're right. There's a lot of that. What is it? What am I asking for sometimes in terms of that? Now, I do think God asks us to intercede for others, and we are commanded to pray, you know, have our prayer lists and be praying for everything from our you know, leaders and in, in rulers to, um, you know, those who are going through trials to uh, uh, to praying for those who are proclaiming the gospel and, sure. and, and going out. There are a lot of those things. But, but when it does come to, like, my requests and what I want for me, I don't necessarily think, you know, that I'm, you know, I'm praying for that new car that I want or the, the uh, you know, sometimes – we can get very. I I can or I know you can be. We can be very materialistic sometimes of the things we're actually praying for, rather than the spiritual things, right? You know, and so as we've been talking in this season, and in this we're going to be talking about prayer as it relates to spiritual formation. You know, so what is the the role of prayer within that spiritual formation that that we're talking about here? And so um, even as we relate to the last couple podcasts, we. We had the conversation with Don and and Sarah about uh, a lot of it had to do with music and, and the role of music in in our church service, but really looking at the whole f- form of the service and what we're doing and how we lead people into times of penitence or confession or or praise or things like that. And so, and prayer has a lot to do with that. You know, the the service. Uh, the corporate time of we pray is part of our spiritual formation as long as the person as well as the personal time of prayer. Yeah, sure. And so, uh, so 
what is you know what is happening in that time? I think well, some of it is the idea of if we are a new creation in Christ and we're to grow up in that, how how are we feeding that? And I think the means of grace that we've talked about in terms of the Word of God and the sacraments and now prayer, our part is that kind of that spiritual food, you know, that is going to be feeding our souls. Uh, I looked in preparing a little bit for today, I looked at a couple research polls. I just Googled, you know, uh, prayer surveys. And they're not super recent, but there's one by the Pew Research Poll from um, – 2014 and another from Barna in 2017, just kind of talking about that. Um, pray, how often do people pray? This one Barna poll that uh, percentage of people that prayed at least once in the last three months. This is from 2017. 82% uh, said that they prayed once in the last three months, which that was kind of an interesting mm. um, choice of, of question. But it's interesting that of that, 82% said they prayed silently by themselves. 13% play, prayed audibly by themselves. So only 13% of the people actually prayed out loud, and that was still by themselves. Only 2% prayed audibly with a person or group. And then another 2% play, said they prayed collectively with a church. Wow. So... Um what was the survey taken of? Just just any number of people in an open group, or was it evangelical Christians, or does it say the, the group? It was just. Um, I mean, it just says a, the, the date, diverse prayer habits of American adults. Oh, okay. That's, so, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Pretty, anyway, but I thought it was fun. very interesting, especially in light of coming off the discussion with, with Don and Sarah of, of you know, the, the thinking of things collectively that in the, in the poll, a lot of people didn't even recognize the things that they were doing collectively as prayer, or they maybe they weren't themselves participating, but maybe they were just listening to the prayer, and so they didn't consider that, which I think is, is was fascinating because I've also uh, saw, and I think this was another Barna poll more recent that Pastor Bozeman shared with me that one of the things that they look, the thing that scored highest in terms of what they look most people look forward to most about a church service is the prayer. Even above some of them, I think it even scored higher than the sermon, oh, wow, yeah. which which is very interesting or the music. Yeah. So yeah. So it's just, it, it's interesting as we think about prayer because a lot of people uh, still today, even though the numbers are going down, say that they do pray. But then we have to the question, well, do they know who they're praying to? Are they praying to a specific God? Or are they just praying to a higher power? They don't know who it is. You know, those are kind of interesting things to consider as well, because in the Pew Research poll, they did break it down by by um, religious groups. So there, there were you know, you know, forty three percent of Buddhists said they prayed daily. Fifty nine percent of Catholics prayed daily. Evangelical Protestant Protestants were seventy nine percent. Um, daily, Hindu fifty one percent. They have they split up and had historically black Protestants were eighty percent. And I noticed that in the Barna poll too, and some of the other things is that a lot of, that our black and Hispanic brothers and sisters um, had a higher frequency of of prayer and types of prayers than yeah. than than white Americans. And so yeah, it was just fascinating to think about 
this uh, notion of of uh, prayer habits of people. Sure. And so as as we do that, um, I, I think, well, does it matter? You know, it, we believe that there's one true God, and so and if everybody's praying and they're just praying to some high power, higher power, is God listening to them? So, what what are your thoughts on? Is God listening to all the prayers of everybody, even yeah. if they're not, even if they're praying to to some other God? Does you know is is the is the true God hearing them? I think we can approach it a couple different ways, but um, no matter what we say, at some point um, we're going to offend somebody, right? Yeah. Um, but the idea of the word God or the term God, it's it's a it's a general term, even in the even in the Bible. At points, and at points when it uses the word God, uh, we we say the word is El or Elohim, mm-hmm. right? Um, it can be used as just a general term for a mighty right. a mighty um, being, right? Yeah. Um, and sometimes even the angels are considered um, gods. So we have to be careful and keep our um, the context of what we're looking at correct, and also define our terms a little more carefully. So when we say God. Um, when we say people pray to God, I think most of us would have in mind the creator God, the, mm-hmm. the, the God that created heaven and earth, right? right. And, and all of us. So if we, if we stick with that um, as our term for God and start with that, that's fine. So now let's say, do does everybody that prays in, in a monotheistic way, so to one one God as creator, are they all praying to the correct God? Yeah. And the answer to that has to be defined even further, and it has to be defined according to the to our readings of Scripture, right? Right. And we find that actually that well, you were um, mentioning this at one point that when we pray. To God the Father, we have to pray through the Son. Well, why is right. that? Yeah, you know. So, for there's a a narrowing of the channel to get to right. to God in your prayer, right? Yeah. So, if people aren't praying through Jesus Christ the Son, that prayer um, is um, considered ineffective. It's just falling on deaf ears because it's through Christ that we're taught to pray. So that's one way to narrow that down. Yeah. Well. I think to help us, let's look at um, Westminster Standard. So a couple of podcasts ago, we did that in introducing the means of grace, and we looked at that, their answer to that on the Word of God and the sacraments. So I thought, let's do the same thing with prayer. And with for this instance, I'm going to have us go to the larger catechism, because the larger catechism has kind of more questions on prayer, and uh, and yet, and still the, the answers are, are fairly short. And so the first question is, what is prayer? Are you in a particular question? Uh, yeah, it's question 178. Sorry. Okay. So Sorry. larger catechism, question 178, uh, toward the end of the of the means of grace section here, we have, because uh, he's gone through the word, he's gone through the sacraments, and now the, the divines are getting to, to prayer. What is prayer? Prayer is an offering up of our desires unto God in the name of Christ, which you mentioned, by the help of the Spirit, with confession of our sins and thankful acknowledgement of his mercies. And so if we just take that for a moment, so we're offering up of our desires unto God in the name of Christ um, by the help of the Spirit. So right there we kind of have a Trinitarian answer. Now, God here, we we would say, you know, the Father is obviously included in that. Um, But 
why do we need to pray in the name of Christ? Now, there's a further question later in question what is says, what is it to pray in the name of Christ? Mm-hmm. But we will we'll get to that in a minute in terms of why, but what's the whole notion of this need for a um really for a mediator that that we do have? Why why does it need to be in the name of Christ? Uh well if you just think about having Prayer as an act of having access to God. Uh, how do we have access to God? How how are we able to come into His presence? Um, and so earlier, when I asked, "Does God hear all prayers?" I would, in some senses, you could say, "Yes, He knows everything." And so, in that sense, anytime anyone's praying to any higher being or what they think is, or or maybe they're just they don't even know they're just saying, "Okay, God, if you're out there, right?" Um, but in terms of that being effective, what what makes that? And so we would say it is it needs to be through Jesus Christ because we're only able to be in his presence or be reconciled, reunited to him through the offering of Christ. Right? Correct. And so um and then it's but it also says here by the help of the Spirit. Well it's the Spirit who unites us to Christ. And so we know that just as Jesus is interceding for us in Romans 8, it says the Spirit intercedes for us and helps us in our weakness, even when we don't know what to pray for, right? So, so we see that just the, whole, the idea is that this with prayer is a Trinitarian activity, <laughs> right? Sure you know, is, yeah. for us. And then, um, so, so let me back up here and says, offering up our desires unto God. So, if we're offering up our desires unto God, in the name of Christ and by the Spirit, what should is that going to shape what our desires are? It, it very much should, in the very yes. least, right? Because uh, we want, uh, as children of God, and if we are God's children, then our desires should align with His heart. Yeah, you know, and He tells us what His heart and message is, and so uh, when we pray, uh, like just for example, I. I my, you know, fleshly desire is just to have a hundred dollars fall out of the sky <laughs> in my, into my pocket, right? Yeah. So if I pray for that, that's that's not really in line with what yeah. God's thinking necessarily. Right. But if I if I'm saying in my prayer life, you know, can Lord, you know, I pray that you'll help me to be a light that shines your light to those around me today. You know, that's exactly in line with how he would uh, want us to operate because that's what Jesus was of the light into the world, right? Yeah. So I'm going to skip question 179 for a minute to jump ahead to help us define these desires in the name of Christ and by the Spirit. Because question 180 then says, what is it to pray in the name of Christ? And there he says, to pray in the name of Christ is in obedience to his command and in confidence on his promises. So right there, we need to know what his commands are and what his promises are. And so we've talked about in the last few episodes, even when we were with Don and Sarah too, having how much the Word of God needs to drive these things, right? right. And so, to know that His to, in obedience to His commands and in confidence of his promises means we need to be soaked in His Word, and that's why we called this the Planted Podcast to meditate on His Law day and night. That that we need constantly to be uh, have the revelation of God and His purposes 
given to us, and we know we have that in the scriptures. And so, so um, that helps us. But then he goes on to say, to ask mercy for his sake, not by bare mentioning of his name, but by drawing our encouragement to pray and our boldness, strength, and hope of acceptance in prayer from Christ and his mediation. Uh, and so, uh, so what it's saying is we can't just tack on, um, which I often do, hopefully appropriately, but we, we pray in the name of Jesus. We ask these things, you know, I sometimes say, in your name and for your sake. Mm-hmm. Um, amen. Right. Those kind of things. But if I'm ever just tacking that on as some kind of like mystical ritual, you know, saying to to kind of seal the deal of my prayer, that's the, the I'm being warned here by the catechism. That's not that's not what we should be doing. Right. right? We feel obligated at times, in particular when we're when we're speaking or praying in public or in group prayer, to make sure that mm-hmm. that we say that at the end of the prayer in your name, in the Lord's name, in Jesus, in the right. name of Jesus Christ. Um, uh, but when I am in prayer with God, I'm in union with Him because of Christ, and I know that I have that knowledge. Yeah. So I can pray to Him already knowing that it's it's being. Um, mediated by Christ before the throne of God, yeah. right? And by the power of the Holy Spirit. So I can pray that and I don't have to worry about just throwing the tagline. I don't have to worry about making yeah. sure I say amen at the end. <laughs> you know, I believe Jesus was so good at the amens that he said the amens beforehand. Before he before he made a statement, he says, amen, I, amen. this is the truth, right? Yeah. This is the truth before I say it. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. I'm going to share a quote from Calvin here in a minute, but as we think about, you know, not just, not by bare mentioning of his name, I thought that was really insightful, you know, by them, but but then it says, but by drawing our encouragement to pray, our boldness, our strength, our hope, it's the fact that we know that Jesus is our Redeemer and brought us, that gives us the boldness to come to pray, that we, that we, we come, you know, thinking about the uh, parable of the persistent widow, who comes and is constantly asking the judge, you know, that we are to pray in that way. Why? Not because it's our bold, but it's because we're bold in Christ, mm-hmm. right? It's because we have him. So Calvin says something here that uh, that most Christians, this is in his commentary from John seven thirty seven to 39. He writes this. He says, that we lie on earth poor and famished and almost destitute of spiritual blessings while Christ sits in glory at the right hand of the Father, clothed with the highest majesty of empire, must be imputed to our slothfulness and the narrowness of our faith. What he's saying there is the fact that we don't pray, one, pray enough, but also pray for what we should be praying in terms of those spiritual blessings, um, is to the neglect the fact that we have Christ right there interceding for us, right? And so... It's convicting for me to think about even some of the things I do pray for. Instead of praying for spiritual blessings, think about it just like, do I pray enough daily just for the fruits of the Spirit? Right. Versus take this headache away from me or, you know, give me $100, you know, for this or for safe travel or those things. Not that praying for safe travel is bad or praying for good health is bad, but how much am I praying for love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control? Right. Um, which are which is that spiritual formation that that we should be wanting to grow in, you know? So 
I, I just want to look real quick at at John seven thirty seven to thirty nine, and this is Jesus. He had been asked earlier if he is the Christ, and he's at the um, the uh, which feast is he at here? I'm trying to remember the Feast of Tabernacles. Okay, this is the Feast of Booze here that he he's gone up to, and he says, which um, is very fascinating. Initially, he wasn't. He's he wasn't going to go up. He they were encouraging to come up, and because his brothers wanted him to reveal himself as if he's the Messiah, show mm-hmm. yourself. Don't do these things in secret. But he says, no, it's not my time. Because if you make a big deal about it, you know, then I'm going to get. You know, it's not my time to be arrested and all that kind of stuff. But right. then he secretly comes up later <laughs> <laughs> and starts teaching these things. Right. Um, but but as he does here, he. Um, He's talking about people are the, the truly who search for them will find him, right? Um, and then he says, uh, then if anyone's thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scriptures has said, streams of living water will flow from them. By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later received. Up to that time, the Spirit had not yet been given, since Jesus had not yet been glorified. But the, he, he, the invitation— here is come to me if you're thirsty, if you, if you need drink, come to me. If you believe in me, as the scriptures have said, streams of living water are going to flow from me. That there's this beckoning of Jesus to come. I think about in Revelation, if anyone stands at the door and knocks, you know, I'll open the door and then they, can, they will be able to come in uh, to me. Uh, does God want us to come to him in prayer and ask for things? Yeah, well, I think there's some significant significance to um, the feast that he is attending here, right? I yeah. mean, we're talking about the Feast of Tabernacles. Um, we're coming to the close of the feast, so there's right. so there's there, there are high feast days at the beginning and at the end of this of this feast day. But if we know um, our Old Testament, we know that the Feast of Tabernacles is falling on the heels of the Day of Atonement. Yeah. You know, and so what is it about the Day of Atonement? The Day of Atonement is when the high priest went in and mediated on behalf of all the God's people. Yes. You know, and just how, uh, what an amazing thing that the sins of the people were were covered by the, the blood of the one goat for Yahweh. The other goat took away the sins into the wilderness, and it symbolizes our sins, how they're taken away, you know, as right. far as east is from west. But not only that, then we come into tabernacles, which is a remembrance of, at one point, in one in one way, it's a remembrance of their dwelling in the desert with right. him. But with future eyes, it's us and our homecoming dwelling with the yeah. Lord. And it's the fact that God would still dwell with them in the wilderness, even after they were unfaithful to go take the land as they were supposed to. Yeah, exactly, right? yeah. You know, so it is that being with God, but that but that being with him always, there was a mediator, Right, and that's why praying in the name of Christ—the fact that Jesus, the invitation has come, but you do have to come through me. Mm. That—that's yeah. and, and we can come then with boldness, and and we can um, come with the that uh, he says as the confession says, boldness, strength, and hope of acceptance in prayer from Christ and His mediation. But it is through Him, and so if someone is praying. To some other God or some other idea of God, or, or or even trying to come to the Creator God in some other way except through Christ, 
there's no confidence. Right. Right. And, there's no assurance. Right. And right? there's no confidence because the the human condition in its natural state is is dead in sin. Yeah. Right. And so the scriptures talk about that. So um, all other religions are all people in their natural state. If they were to come to God, would only stand before him condemned in their right. own sinfulness. And so uh, to approach God in such a manner is to say, uh, here I am, accept me as I am. And God can't do that. He just can't do that. Right. So it says um, that the wages of sin is death. Right. And so if we are standing in front of God, we, we deserve only death. Now there is one, Jesus Christ, who spread his arms out on the cross and right. died in our place. And he was the perfect one. And it, that's why it has to be through him. That's why right. he's the great mediator. And so right. the, only, the only way that we can come to Christ is, is, or come to the Father is through Christ, who was the perfect sacrifice. His, he paid the wages of our sin. Right. And so that's that's so critical to look at when we look at that bigger picture of like, can anybody just go to God or, call, right. or crawl to God? No, that's why it has to be right. through Christ because he is the perfect one that paid the price. And he's the one we're trying to become like. Right. It, by his power. He's the one who, he's the one conforming us into his image. Exactly, right. right. But then that leads us to back to question 179. Are we to pray unto God only? And the answer is God only being able to search the hearts hear the requests, pardon the sins, and fulfill the desires of all, and only to be believed in and worshipped with religious worship, prayer with a special part thereof, is to be made by all to him alone and to no other. Um, there is no one, there is no other than God. But but then that next question we just talked about, but it is through Christ that we have access to him. Right, right? so that question yeah. that you just read and the answer that you gave when it says to God alone that's the triune God. That's yes. God, Father, Son, and Holy right. Spirit. Right. And then, as it relates back to question 178, when we do come in the name of Christ by the help of the Spirit with confession of our sins. And so in question 179, the answer being the God being able to search the hearts, mm-hmm. hear the requests, pardon the sins, and fulfill the desires of all. So as we think about those those desires, one of the things that should always be our, our desire when we come before a holy God is the forgiveness of sins. If we think about the Lord's Prayer, we, you know, we ask God to forgive us our debts as we forgive the debts of others. That, that uh, confession has to be a regular part of our daily prayer. If we're really thinking about conformity to the image of Christ— we're always going to be noticing, and we should always be noticing, those things which are the lack thereof, right? Mm. And so um, it's interesting in all these, we have confessions of sins. We have the petition to to pardon our sin in this. And so um, and if, if we go back and even think about the structure of worship service that we talked about with Don and, sure. and Sarah, that that's an important part. And I think there are times that, some church services, some more contemporary, sometimes in, in the trend to some contemporary type services or, or getting rid of some of the liturgical things, or even um, the desire to just be more seeker-friendly or, you know, to reach the, the unbeliever, that we, some 
sometimes we can neglect taking the time. There might be a phrase here or there in a prayer or even a mention in a sermon, but in terms of actually collectively taking the time to come before God in that way has been, I think, some people want to avoid because they think it's going to turn people off. But yet, can you really come to God in prayer without that acknowledgement? Can we really enter into the presence of God knowing that we need to come through Christ without the recognition of why Christ is there in the first place? Sure, right. Right? Yeah, and the answer, of course, is no. Yeah. And, uh, and all of these, uh, some of the other questions in regard to the, sa- the, the, um, the sacraments as well, like when we come to the Lord's Supper, I mean, it requires prayerful consideration before we inspection of our hearts exactly right? yeah. yeah so the the whole thing is just drenched in prayer right right and so so that's one in the collective sense but also in the personal sense when we come to the lord in prayer you know in, in our own personal time or maybe within your small group if you time or if we get if we convene within the church as a class right. you know there's something about Always needing to acknowledge that before our holy God that um, that we have this need, yeah, and well, that pardon is that 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 we can come with boldness and confidence, but it's always in light of the need of that pardon, right? Yeah, for sure. And I was just gonna uh, make a statement, and I'm this is going to be a confession of sorts in regard to prayer, and it's gonna I'm not sure if it's gonna come across right. I'm just gonna fumble through it. So however okay. this works, but so. My um, my shortcoming in my prayer life is, and this is just going to be an excuse, and I'm going to I'm going to repent of this as soon as I say it, is um, on account of my trust of God being able and willing and sovereign to make all of the right decisions. I trust him implicitly. Sure. So like if, if I, if I'm sick, for example, I'm, I'm, I'm not really going to God asking, saying, you know, make me feel better in five minutes, you know, yeah. or whatever, you know, right. I, I trust him with it, that he's got a purpose in my illness, mm-hmm. you know? And so, um, now I, I don't know, without going on too, too far about that, I'll just leave it. I think in general, that kind of statement. So maybe um, feed into me, Pastor. Um, I mean, I, I look at scriptures and I know the, 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 there's the prayers of a, of a righteous man availeth much and um, we, we receive not because we ask not. Right. And so I understand some of that, but help me, help me walk through that. Yeah. I understand what you're saying in, in terms of I just trust God with that, you know, believe he's sovereign. He's going to do what he wants. But I also think there, when things happen to us in his sovereignty and in his desire to, I sometimes use the word allow, or you can use the word ordain. Mm-hmm. If you feel it's more sanctified <laughs> um, to uh, thinking of our brother, John Barber, oh, yeah. who loves to, who doesn't, he, he doesn't like when we say God permits that. He likes to even say, God, no, God ordained that it came to right. pass. <laughs> <laughs> um, but however you want to put it is that there are those moments in time and when that happened, he is – it's there for our spiritual formation. you know. And so we can – there's always – there's seasons of life 
and even seasons within a day. Like if something happens and you kind of practically have to move on, you know, to to finish the job or maybe, you know, at some point, let's say you get really hurt. At some point, you got to get to the hospital, <laughs> right? You know, but at the same time, and we can trust God with with all that, you know, that my if I broke my arm, that the doctor can repair it and God can heal me and all those kind of things through those means. But but at some point I've got to say, what is what am I doing in that moment? What what what's happening to me? And what's God saying to me? And what am I what am I then ultimately going to act on and do about it? Right. And so if I if I just immediately go, oh, I trust God and everything's gonna be okay, that can be a good thing. And and maybe I'm I'm not letting myself become anxious and I'm being obedient in that way. That can be a good thing. But at the same time, maybe God's also telling me, he could be telling me, slow down. Think about your life. Mm-hmm. Think about your frailties. Are you are you so are you trusting me so much that you're just rushing through things on your own and not letting me speak to you in the moment too? Right. Right. And 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 I think that can I think that's to relate this back to this, if we're not taking time in our day to look at our brokenness, look at our frailty, look at our sin, um, then are we allowing that formation process to happen to the extent that he wants us to? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that times I can just, you know, if I just quote Romans 8.1 all the time, there's no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus and just move on without really saying, well, why am, but yet there seems to be a, maybe there's a repetition of this. You know, if I keep continuing, the, if I'm committing the same sin over and over, oh, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. Or if I'm stuck in a pattern of life where, gosh, it's not just that this happened. Well, two days ago, some, it wasn't the same circumstance, but it happened for the same reason, because I'm, because I am just so busy, you right. know, and things that, what is, do I take time for that? personal reflection. I don't think, I don't want to gaze at my navel all day long. No, yeah, absolutely. But at the same time, I do yeah. need to kind of look and say, man, what, what is happening here? Right. And, and so if we think about um, even the, um, some, one, one of the acronyms that we sometimes hear Axe. in prayers is ACTS. It's interesting that Origen, one of the, he wrote an early treatise on prayer, like an old, a church father from one of the early church fathers. He doesn't use, he doesn't use those same words, but he basically has those same four components sure. of praise, um, um, adoration, thanksgiving, confession, and petition. So for him, it's ATCP. But it's the four. <laughs> it's the same four things that right. they, they really come out of the Lord's prayer and 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 so forth. But the point is, is that um, that daily confession becomes is is an important part. And that, that we, but we don't necessarily just stay in confession. We do move on to thanksgiving. We are thankful for for the forgiveness of sins, right. you know. And, and and then we can present our requests to God and bring those petitions or those supplications yeah. as well. But I find myself at times uh, wanting to get. I just my prayer life can just be straight, you know. Maybe a quick little a quick little praise, you know, a quick little thanksgiving. But then, man, my supplications are are long. <laughs> You know, but but I so together we're praying perfectly. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But then, but then there are other times I'm so caught up in myself and my own stuff that I don't even get to praying for other things. Yeah. You know, too. So it's all there. Well, I was just having the the thought real quick. If you um, if you don't mind yeah. me interrupting you, just um that I, I I forget that I'm a child of God. You know, and when I think about yeah my own kids, 
I want them to come to me, yeah. you know, when they're um, right. struggling with something yeah. or if they need something, I know they trust me, right. you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm parallel on that, that now. So yeah, that's right. Yeah. But you know, it, it was even, I was meeting with some, some men this morning and we were, one of them was happened to share about a, a current parenting struggle that he was having. And in that parenting struggle, um, the child, uh, you know, older child, not, not, a, not an adult yet, but pretty close, um, got caught in a lie. And he was, hi- he, he was doing something he wasn't supposed to do, and he was hiding um, that from and trying to keep it, and then ended up lying to compound and all that kind of stuff. And in, in the conversation, the father was like, you know, the thing that it, it wasn't just that he lied to me, but it's that he... It was it was just the sadness that he he wanted to keep something from me. Yeah, and think about that with with how much does God feel that right. way? You know, like like even even maybe something. Why don't I want to confess? Well, gosh, I know God knows everything. It's not that God doesn't know it, but do I really want to name it? Do do I think I can still sometimes? You know, well, if I avoid, can I avoid God? You know, in not even going to prayer because I am stuck in something, right? Or I'll 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 pray for those other things, but I'm not going to bring this thing up because I'm ashamed of it. And uh, I I bring this up because it does relate to Christ. That we and we've talked about this before. If we really believe the gospel, that we know we're forgiven in Him, why should we be ashamed to bring it up? Or why do we feel the need to even dredge it up over and over again sometimes? But the the point is, is that what is if I even in my prayer life, I'm preaching the gospel to myself, right? If I'm praying the way I should be praying, if I am going to God with praise and confession and thanksgiving, supplication, then in some sense, it's taking me through the gospel. It's reminding me that I am formed by my Creator, that my sin separates me, that Christ brings me back, that I rejoice in that, and because of that, I can come before His His throne with confidence. Right? right? Yeah, that's great. So. Um, so which leads me to really with question 181, so we asked, what is it to pray in the name of Christ? But then he says, why are we to pray in the name of Christ? And the answer is the sinfulness of man is the first <laughs> phrase right there. The sinfulness of man and his distance from God by reason thereof, which is what we've been talking about. Being so great as that we can have no access into his presence without a mediator. So this is, this is what our conversation has been here. And there being none in heaven or or earth appointed to or fit for that glorious work but Christ alone, we are to pray in no other name but his only. And so that sums it up right there. They, they, I think they said it very well, the Westminster Divines. Yeah. Right? That that is the reason that we do so. And, and, and therefore, we should pray in no other name but his only because he do, he is the one who restores us he is the reason we have access and there's no no other no other way it, but i love how they say it says or fit for that glorious work but christ alone and so think about that glorious work of the cross and the resurrection right you know that allows us to have that and so and again this isn't just a formula but this is the very way in which we're formed. That if we think about spiritual formation, we can have no spiritual formation apart from the application of the gospel to our to us through the through the Spirit, which leads us to the next question here. But if we think about that 
in terms of even the ways that we pray or the things that we do, constantly keeping in mind Christ. That if if we go to the very first you know question of the shorter catechism, of um, of you know basically what's this all about, you know, um, it is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. But I think what we're seeing here is that the only way we are able to do that now is through Christ. Yeah. You, you know, know, there's that image um, that we've seen before that uh, there's mankind standing on one side of this great chasm and yeah. on the other side of the chasm is God. Yeah. Right. And there's no way that we can get across all that's between us is certain death. Right. And that's to represent our, our, our sins. And there's no way to get across to, in our own state. But then Christ comes, and there's usually that image where the the cross of Christ bridges that chasm, yeah, right, right, to get across to God. And the idea is not so much that Christ has made a way, but that Christ is the way. Yeah, you know, it's not that we even go over that on our own power because it's Christ that comes in and changes our hearts. Right. And so Christ is the way; He is the truth; He is the life right. that is given to us in God. And so. Uh, that's why it has to be a prayer that's in, that's in Christ, and it's and it's to conquer and solve the sin dilemma. Right. Yeah, and it, and it really, in a lot of ways, sums up as we uh, as we're covenant theologians, or, or sometimes we'll talk about federal theology, mm-hmm. right? And and the fact that in in Adam all sinned, we all died, we all um, we're all dead in our trespasses and sins, but in Christ, we're all made alive. He is the new Adam, the second Adam, the one who brings us back uh, to that. And and so that in our for, in our spiritual formation, our union with him, if we're growing up in the new man, it's always going to be under our federal head who is Christ. And, and so that, and so therefore that's how we pray. And if we're to pray continually, to we live in this attitude of of constantly constant dependence upon God and whatever we set our hands to whatever we can be praying with that mindset that it is it is it is through this union with Christ and and therefore in my weakness and in my dependence and in my need for that that redemption then I I live out of that right that that we have that so we're so we're always to be in that sense praying in the name of Christ and so we should therefore if we're praying continue we should always be acting in the name of <laughs> right. Christ as we're being formed and growing up well then the question one eighty two as it relates to this because we talk about the Spirit uniting us to Christ um, question one eighty two how does the Spirit help us pray he says we not knowing what to pray for as we ought the Spirit helps our infirmities by enabling us to understand both for whom and what and how prayer is to be made and by working and quickening in our hearts, although not in all our persons nor at all times in the same measure. They can get kind of wordy here sometimes. But the point is, by working the quickening of our hearts, those apprehensions, affections, and graces which are requisite for the right performance of that duty. So um, what are we saying here? Well, he, I think they're very much relating to Romans 8 here, of even we don't know what to pray for. Sure. But the Spirit in uniting us to Christ um, helps us and enables us to understand that um, what it is to be praying for. And so there is that—now, um, it's always going to be in alignment with the, the Word of God and with, 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 with Christ's desires, but I think we can say that— the Spirit helps us. And I think one of the ways the Spirit helps us is, is especially the more 
we do spend time in the Word of God, and the more we know the gospel and we know how to apply it to our hearts, that in those times when we get desperate and don't know, the Spirit quickens us and awakens us to those things. What does the word quicken mean? He quickens us. Um, I, I think it, I understand that to be that, that um, conviction of, of, and renewal that, that is happening within that. The, uh, the, uh, the making alive of, yeah, of, the, of yeah, the condition. I, right. So he works in our hearts um, and, and he makes alive in our hearts. So uh, we need life, right? Because, we we are dead in our sins, so he makes us alive. And for those that receive that life of Christ, we call that the born-again experience, right? To be born again, to be raised from the dead spiritually. It is, it is by that means that we can perform our duty, right? We can't do it unless we've been made alive. We can't. Yeah. You can't it's like we were saying, you, you know, the prayers of a dead man, right? <laughs> you know, yeah. as opposed to those who are made alive. Yeah. So I think it is, it is that re, you know, sometimes we we use the word revival, revive me, O Lord. Right. You know, and it's not that we're not we're saying in the, in that sense that we're not born again, but there is this is I would say it is you know we can quench the spirit. We were having a discussion before our podcast about you know the there's the battle with the old man and the the new man wanting to grow in the new man, but yet there still is this kind of the the residues of the old man that's there. There's the, the uh, I think part of the growing up in the new man is the diminishing of or putting off of the old. That now I'm, I'm forming new lifestyle. Mm-hmm. I have I, I have new habits. I have new ways of looking at things. A different worldview. A different approach to how to deal with problems or. Um, how what to live for all those things that that's a quickening that there's a re, even though I am born again there's a there is a constantly renewing of things that uh, I no longer have to follow the patterns of I sometimes refer to my you know the the ten year, seven year old Matt or ten year old Matt or whatever <laughs> yeah. you know because I would say that that Matt um, would have believed said he believed in God. And would have, if it asked him what Jesus did, I would have said, even at seven years old, that he died for my sins. But I also believe that it was somewhere around 10 or 11 that I really was convicted of, of the universality of my sin and the need that Jesus alone would, could save me. And, 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 and so, you know, I really think a change happened in me in that point in terms of right. the presence of the Spirit in my life and was born again. But, but yet, there's still sometimes seven year old Matt rears his head, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. um, so if I uh, if I'm caught in a, a situation where I told somebody I would do something and I haven't done it yet, you know, seven year old Matt still sometimes shows up, and I want to tell a little white lie at times to cover my tracks. Yeah, you know. But I and and so, but I think that the urge to do that is less than it used to be. But there, it still can be there sometimes, especially sometimes the bigger it was or the bigger the mistake, right? You know, <laughs> yeah. That natural tendency can be one to, to have a, a ready excuse other than the fact that I just forgot. Right. You know, or or I failed to do it. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah, sure. So um, so I, I think we'll, in terms of the, the catechism, we'll stop there at that question for today, but... If we think about the end of that, where it talks about those apprehensions, affections, and graces, 
which are requisite for the right performance of that duty. That's, that is a lot of what we're talking about here in terms of spiritual formation, you know, that it is that change that we want to see happen. And so if I think about even back to these offering up our desires unto God and, and the, what these are and, and making them look more and more like Christ, that, and, and even back to, to um, Calvin's comment about um, we lie on earth poor and famished and almost destitute of spiritual blessings because we're not coming to Christ as we should. Mm-hmm. Um, that was convicting to me in the sense of even what I ask for. That I, again, it's not that I shouldn't or can't come and pray for my health or my parents' health or my Aunt Betty's, whatever. You know, we, we can and should pray. But how much do I really pray for spiritual blessings? Mm-hmm. Right. As opposed to just the material blessings or the physical blessings that I want. Do I... Do I spend enough time praying for my mind to be transformed, to have more and more the mind of Christ? To, 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 do, I, do I pray for the ability to forgive others the way Christ has forgiven me? Right. As I'm told to pray, yeah. <laughs> you know, but, but uh, and, and I think sometimes do I not pray for them because do I really want them? You know, up in my mind here, when I'm reading the Bible, I say, yeah, that's that's what I should want and I want. But do I really want to be able to forgive my neighbor the way Christ forgave me? Or do there's a, is there a part of me that still likes to hold a grudge? Yeah, it's pretty easy to you know, do, right? Right. And so I think of like 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter, you know, and they talk about love keeping no record of wrongs. Right. Man, I'm really good at keeping records of wrongs. Really can. You know, and so, but is the spiritual blessing to be able to not do that, to, as God does, cast our, um, to remember our sins just as far as, no more, or to, right. to forgive them as far as the East is from the West. Um, that's a spiritual blessing. That's a spirit, that, that requires spiritual strength to be able to do that. Is that well, part it, of my prayer life? Yeah, the, the, you know, whenever we're on any Christian topic, the whole gamut comes into play, right? So we've been talking about the spiritual formation. Mm-hmm. We've been talking about growing in Christ. Um, that is a lot um, contained in the doctrine of sanctification, the mm-hmm. growing in Christ into his holiness and being transformed by the renewing of our minds right. and all of that. But it also contains our spiritual act of worship, which is um, includes a sacrifice, yes. right? So if my neighbor... If I'm holding on to that, it's because I don't want to sacrifice something yeah, to myself. Right. You know, I don't want to give something up, my pride or whatever it is, right. to say, you know, just as Christ forgave me, you know, I'm I'm gonna continue to be nice to you yeah. or whatever the case is. You know, pick your own poison. Um, but it, it's because the heart at the heart of all of those problems in our sinfulness is is pride. Yeah. You know, right. and so that needs to be re- relinquished, and that can be done in, in the power of Christ and in the Holy Spirit. Exactly. And that's why, you know, these means of grace are so important. The word of God and prayer. And then when and then when we do collectively participate in the sacraments, which are basically preaching the gospel again to us, you know, the helping remind us of that. And so um, I really appreciate, you know, this term, the means of grace or these ordinary means, because, you know, 
preaching and teaching, you know, often the application is know the word of God and pray more. Um, and it, it, that can become even rote within us. And, and, and we, yeah, I know that. But to really press into that, uh, to really be able to, to think about how that those things are, without them, there is no spiritual transformation. That is the ordinary means God has given us for that. And so, um, and that doesn't mean that we can just check off the list. Well, I pray, I did my little morning devotion day, so I prayed, and I prayed before my meal. All good things to do, but am I letting that, am I really being intentional in those times, you know, to let this, to ask and think about and work towards that change? Yeah, right. And that's, and I think that's the key, and to really understand the means of grace in that way and the power that is in them to bring that about is really important. And even as I was talking here, I was thinking about, and when it comes to the Word of God, I really, I want us to invite Pastor Winans on. I want us to find a time. I know we often record on Tuesdays, and, and that's his day off, and we need to maybe think of another time. But I would love to have him talk about, in his life, um, the the means of grace of Bible reading, mm-hmm. of just how the Word of God is, uh, is part of that. Because I know he... He has uh, shared with me just over the years. I know since he became head pastor here, lead pastor, or maybe even before that, he 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 has a fairly rigorous Bible reading plan. Um, and I, and it's not just because he's not legal. It's not because of a legalism where he thinks he's earning something. But I really think he believes that it's transforming, and would love to just hear about that and talk about that. That the how the Word of God. The more we know it, the more it soaks into us. Um, plays a role in that spiritual transformation, right? Because right? I think it yeah. flows over into our prayer life. It too. does, because it has a snowball effect, because that's information. That's how we know God's heart is because he He reveals himself in his word. Yeah. Right. So the yeah. more of that that we know, the more often we're right. um, being exposed to, it's him speaking to us. Yeah. You know, that's, this is, uh, when we're in prayer, that's, that's our petitions to him. And, you know, but... When we're in His Word, yeah. that's Him speaking to us. We're, right. That's that's the that's what I, I see it and uh, whatnot. You know the whole the whole idea of the the worship service that we have at our hour and twenty minutes on, on a Sunday uh, is a reflection of the Lord's prayer. I think mm. you know mm-hmm. you you come in and it's the same thing as the Acts, right? You you, yeah. you adore God, you lift Him up, you praise Him, you right. you hallow His name, and uh, uh, you uh, confess. Uh, you uh, partake in the sacraments. You you know, so you get your daily bread, so to speak, and all of that is just a. It's a big example of what of what the Lord's prayer is. Right. It's, it's it's the Lord's prayer coming to life yeah. is what it is, right? Right, it is. And uh, and we do that as we move forward with our eyes on the prize to you know make your kingdom here on earth, right. you know, and and that's our that's our final goal is to. Uh, finally be in his presence one day. Here he is with us, and we have a mission to complete, but the, the goal is that eternal hope that we have of his His return. Yeah. And and we have confidence in the fact that he has laid up an inheritance for us, and we have the deposit even now, you know, of the Spirit with us, that, mm-hmm. that we can we can live um, in the meantime as with that surety, right? And, and so... Um, and, and one of the best ways to practice that is prayer. So hope that's been helpful for you today, and we will be back again, and, and maybe we'll be able to uh, 
Uh, maybe Thad will be able to talk Pastor Winans into coming and joining us. Oh, we'll make that happen. Well, right. Let's do it on a Thursday. Oh, yeah. no, that's your day off. No, well, I can, I can, I can switch. <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll make Friday my day I, off one week. You so. never ask me what day off I have. <laughs> uh, that's funny. All right. Have All a great right. day, everybody. Yeah. We'll see you next time. See you. Hey, you know what? Before we say goodbye, we uh, should, I mean, seeing, seeing how this is about prayer. Absolutely. We should. Let's. Who's praying, me or you? <laughs> oh, you pray for us, Pastor? Yeah, definitely. Uh, Father, Son, and Spirit, we do come before you and give you all praise and honor and glory. We are so grateful for um, your deep abiding love and commitment to us uh, as your people. Uh, and we're, uh, we do confess just how much we need you. We confess our brokenness and our sin before you. And we um, acknowledge just how much we need your pardon we need your forgiveness. We need your reconciling and redeeming work, Jesus. And we're thankful for that provision. We're thankful that you came and lived and died and rose again. And even now are, are, are sitting at the right hand of, of the Father in heaven. And you raise us up with you and allow us to sit there with you and bring our requests to you. And so we do come, Lord, asking for um, the mind of transformation, the heart transformation that sets aside the old ways uh, with all of its pride and lust and um, anger and fear and resentment that we can hold on to. Uh, and Lord, we pray that you would uh, instead give us the love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and gentleness and self-control that exhibits the life of Christ. And that more and more you would reveal into our, our hearts and minds just the, the kind of grace that we have in Christ that shows itself in the love that never ends. Mm. And so, Lord, we pray that that same love that will never end for us, that we would be able to in some way um, show that to others here as your representatives here on earth. We ask all this in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. sure to join us next time as we continue to explore the biblical principles of the believer's spiritual growth. Planet is a Cornerstone EPC production, connecting to God, one another, and the world through the love of Jesus. More information can be found at cornerstonebrighton.com. 